at the movies is here. Anybody excited this morning? <laughs> Any Superman fans in the house? Come on, somebody's gotta gotta love some some Superman. I'm gonna talk about him in just a second, but first, would you help me welcome anyone who's a first time guest who's hanging out with us this morning? We're so glad that you chose to be here. And I do want to draw your attention to the cup holder next to you. There should be a connection card there. If you're a guest, we would love it if you would just fill that out. Let us know that you were here. I promise we won't show up at your house. We won't do anything weird or stalk you. Uh, We have a no-hassle policy here, but we would love to put you on our email list and just let you know um, uh, when there's news in the church. Um, The offering buckets will come by later, and you can drop that, that card in the bucket at the end of service. Uh, and for anyone else, that is your best way to communicate with us. Prayer requests, needs. If you're looking to get involved somehow uh, with a team, don't hesitate to fill out a connection card. Get us your info. And at the end of service, Joel's got a couple new opportunities that are happening uh, here in the fall that he'll share with you that you can use your connection card to communicate with us on. Well, man, I'm so fired up about the At The Movie series. Uh, this is one of the most fun Things that we do, and it's also one of the most frustrating things to preach through because y'all are noisy popcorn eaters. And uh, so I'm up here trying to get all fired up, and all I hear is, y'all, y'all need some lessons in chewing with your mouth closed. I'm just playing. So we're going to spend the next few weeks in this series going to use some of Hollywood's blockbusters to help us reveal some timeless Biblical truths, and I thought I'd take just a minute to explain why we do at the movies, and I also got to give just a huge shout out to our teams this morning. Um, I mean, just wow, just like Joel said, talk about coming through in a pinch, and I apologize, I know it's a little bit steamy in here, it's a little bit warm, but hey, there was no air conditioning in the upper room when the Holy Spirit showed up, and the, and the church was, the New Testament church was birthed, you know what I'm saying? If they could handle it, we can handle it, come on somebody, and uh Besides, some of you are thinking about getting interested in that person sitting next to you, and, and now you're going to find out what they're like when they're sweaty. So it might be helpful. You're, we're going to find out who's got hygiene in here and who doesn't. All right. So uh, we'll do an altar call for that. We'll give you some, some lessons, some free classes. So we do at the movies for a few different reasons. Here's, here's one of the big ones. It's fun. And, uh, and we just don't think church should be this boring, stuffy thing that you walk out of and go, glad I checked that off the list this week. We believe that the local church should be something that each and every person can participate in. And our hope is that when you leave today and you get in your car, that you have two thoughts. One, thank God my car has air conditioning. And two, (laughs) boy, that was fun. I want to do that again. And and, uh, that's how we hope you feel this morning when the service is over. Listen, it's okay to have fun in church. It's okay for Christians to have fun and, uh, and we, gotta, we ought to do it. We think that, that at the movies helps us be relevant. Um, listen, when Jesus showed up on the scene, he taught like no one else had ever taught. He told stories. He used parables. And, and we just kind of think movies help us with, by being the parables of our day. They help us tell a great story. And, uh, and so we're going to find ways to pull biblical truths out of some of the storylines that exist in movies. It's, it's fun. It's relevant. We're allowed to have fun. And most importantly... It's evangelistic. Come on, how many know that, that we live in a place where there are people who need Jesus desperately? And uh, if, we can, if we can throw some movies on the screen and some popcorn and soda in the back and use that to bribe people into coming into church so that they can find out who Jesus is, I'm okay with that. Aren't you? Yeah. All right, so 
Um, man, I, I love this quote that comes from C.S. Lewis. He said, I suspect that men have sometimes derived more spiritual sustenance from myths they did not believe than from the religion they professed. Let me say that again. C.S. Lewis said it. I suspect that men have sometimes derived more spiritual sustenance from myths they did not believe than from the religion they profess. And that's what Superman is. He's a mythical figure. There's actually a lot of parallels between... I'm going all the way back to the comic book now, not just the the Man of Steel movie that we're going to use this morning, but going all the way back to the early days of the comic books, I'm going to show you there's actually a ton of parallels with the story of Jesus and with, with several biblical stories that inspire the stories of Superman. I want to encourage you over the next couple of weeks not to miss the opportunity that's in front of you. Every single person in this room knows friends and family who don't have a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe they're just kind of off track and they're floundering. Uh, all of us probably know someone who's become a little bit disenfranchised with church. And, and they've chosen to kind of just push away and stay away from God's people. And the Bible teaches us that that's a bad place to be. That the, the chances of the enemy coming in and stealing our joy and stealing our life are much higher when we're separated from God's people. And so I want to encourage you, use... This next few weeks, there's invite cards there in your seats. There's more at the back table if you can see on your way out. And, and grab them, man. Let's use them over the next couple of weeks, and let's get people into God's house and introduce people to Jesus. Come on, are you with me this morning? All right. I already asked it, but i got to ask again. I mean, does anybody like Superman? I love, I love. I'm just, I'm going to geek out this morning because I love me some Superman. Here's, here's kind of the big idea that I want to convey to you today, and we're going to move quickly. I don't want you to sit there and sweat any longer than you have to, and I don't want anybody to get mad when you run out of popcorn. Just like the mythical city of Metropolis needed a superhuman Savior, all of us need a supernatural Savior. And today what I want to do is use the imagery of Christ that exists in Superman's story to tell you the story of the real Man of Steel His name is Jesus Christ. Come on. Philippians 3.20 says, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly, eagerly waiting for him to return as what? Our Savior. Listen, you and I need a Savior. And just like just like Superman shows up in Metropolis and he's got some great powers. Uh, he, he can save some people from some things. But how many know Jesus Christ can save you from a broken heart? He can save you from a broken family. He can save you from an addiction. He can save you from sin. He can save you from anything that's going on in your life. He doesn't even need to be able to hop over buildings and lift things. He can step right into your heart and change you from the inside out this morning. Some facts you may not know about the history of, uh, of Superman. The original comic was created... In the 1930s, the timing was perfect. Our country was going through a great depression. They needed somebody to lift their spirits. Two teenagers, Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster, created the idea of Superman. And check this out. They were actually uh, members of families that were Jewish immigrants. And, and one of the things you'll notice right away if you look at this is in the Hebrew language, uh, there's a word for God. It's the word El. I think I just heard air conditioners kicking on. Come on, somebody. The anointing is building. Uh, it's the word El. So it's where we get the word Emmanuel, God with us. El Shaddai, Elohim. All these different names for God that include the word El. 
And they actually included this in the original story of Superman uh, when they named uh, Superman's family on the, on the planet Krypton. Uh, Superman's father's name was Jor-El. Superman's birth name on the planet he came from, Cal-El. So there was, this, there was this synergy going on between how these young men had been raised and what they believed in and the story of the superhero that they were creating. There's several parts of the storyline that, that all through the years of the comic and even in the movie that were inspired by the Bible. Think about this. When Superman was first sent away from his home planet, what was happening? His parents were trying to avoid him being killed. They were trying to avoid his death. So they put him in a special ship. They, they send him off to a place where they know he can survive. Does that remind you? How about the story of Moses? Remember, his parents, took, they took Moses. All the firstborn were being killed. They put him in a basket, floated him down the river and because they knew that there was a, a greater purpose, a greater calling to his life. The strength of Superman was actually inspired by Samson, the story of Samson in the Bible. Um, as, as we know, uh, Superman didn't have the issue with Delilah, thank goodness. Um, I'm not too sure about Lois. I think she's all right. He was selfless and willing to sacrifice himself for people. Who does that remind you of? Jesus. And like Jesus, as he grew, Clark Kent had to lean into his true purpose and calling and learn how to embrace who he was. I like to say it this way. Superman actually reflects Jesus this morning in this way. He looked a lot like us. He walked like us, talked like us, and yet he was completely different from us. He even knew early in life that he was full of destiny and purpose. Remember, remember when his parents, they were leaving a feast, headed back to their hometown, and they pulled, well, this has happened in our house, they pulled one of these, hey, hey, Joseph, where's Jesus? I thought you had him. No, I thought you had him. Oh, no, we lost God. This isn't good. And where do they find him? They find Jesus back at the temple as a young man teaching way before the years that his public ministry was intended to start. And he said, hey, I've got to be about my father's business. This is why I'm here. This is why I've been put on planet Earth. I love watching this this story unfold in the movie Man of Steel. I want you to check out this next clip. You know, it had to be interesting growing up around Jesus. Here's this guy that's full of power. I've kind of joked about this before. But, you know, when Jesus does his first public miracle, it's his mother's idea. So she has to know that there's something going on with him. That's where he changed the water into wine. And I just wonder, like, like how many times Jesus might have, you know. Um, <laughs> hey, Jesus, your brother's upset because the, dog, the dog's dead. No, no, dog's good, mom. Took care of it. Jesus, I need you to go to the store. We're out of flour. Nope. We're good. We got flour. She, she obviously knew that there was something greater in him. He was, he was very much like us, but also somehow very different. Hebrews 4.15 says it this way. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now let me just be clear. We're using the story of 
Superman is a parallel. I'm not saying Superman was sinless. It's not, he's not Jesus, clearly. But what I want to do is I want to draw the contrast here around what we call in theology the, the doctrine of identification or the theology of identification. And that's this idea. It's that Jesus was both fully God, yet fully man. One of my favorite things about the Superman story is that despite all of his incredible power and strength, he's still identified with being human. You see it there even as a child, the tension between who he is and who he's supposed to be and just kind of wanting to be normal and be a human. He felt the same emotions as everyone else. And the Bible says that Jesus went through that. He, he faced the same temptations that you and I face. He, he had his ups and downs. He had days where he was happy. He had days where he was sad. And Jesus is not some far off God. In, in some cosmic galaxy, some legend or myth that uh, does not understand what it's like to live your life. He understands what it's like to be you. The Bible says he identifies with us. That's good news for you. Come on, somebody. Don't you want a God who doesn't just look on you with a list of rules and regulations and a checklist to make sure you meet them all? Isn't it nice to know that Jesus is sitting in heaven going, man, I, I know what that's like. I know what that's like. I'm for you, not against you. I'm on your side, not against you. He, I'll say it this way. Jesus gets it. He identifies with your worries. He identifies with your temptations. He identifies with your fears. He identifies with your dysfunctional family. He identifies with how you feel when the in-laws come to town. Somebody amen that. <laughs> I hope your in-laws... Aren't with you, would you? Amen. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to. He was fully God and fully man, and I love that in the story of Superman, we see that he's he's like us, but he's different from us. Fully, Jesus was like us, but different from us. Fully God and fully man, and also completely willing to sacrifice. Willing to sacrifice. You see, Jesus experienced much of what you and I experience. But because he was fully God, he was able to stay pure and sinless. And here's the deal. He had to. He knew that only a perfect sacrifice would atone for our sins. You see, prior to Jesus showing up on the scene, there was this ritualistic pattern that was followed by God's people. They would sin, they would sin, they would pile up sin, and then a couple times a year they would gather, they would kill an animal they, because there had to be a shedding of blood for the atonement of sin. There would be a scapegoat that the sin could be piled on, and an animal had to die so that people could receive forgiveness of sin. And it became just a pattern of religion. There was, no, there was no inner life change that had to take place. There was no heart change that had to take place. You could kind of just get in the pattern of religion where you do whatever you want and you know it's going to be cool because, hey, we're going to grab a goat and kill it at the end of the year. And it wasn't working. It wasn't working. And God said, no, I wasn't just trying to get my people to follow a list of rules. I was trying to get my people into relationship with me. And the only way that that can happen is to once and for all break down the wall that sin creates. And so I'm going to send my perfect son who will live among you and never sin. And then he'll die as a perfect sacrifice and no sacrifice will ever be needed again. And because of Jesus Christ being fully God and fully man and being willing to go to the cross and sacrifice, you and I have access to the creator of the universe. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Philippians 2, 6 and 8 says it this way. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, 
He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. You know, man of steel had to do something. He didn't die for us. But in this next clip, you're going to see him make the choice to prioritize the people of earth over everything. He's willing to sacrifice his own well-being for the well-being of those around him. Check this out. And if you've seen the movie Superman, well, it's red. I'm going to go ahead and just preach on hell right now. Can you try to flicker those or something? Because this is really weird. That's uh, <laughs> Let's try. So try the first four faders all the way up. So, all right, yellow, whatever. <laughs> Somebody probably stepped on it. It's probably me. I probably stepped on a wire over there or something. So I love, I love this. After Superman leaves, he goes up to the alien ship. And, and um, if you've seen the movie, he actually kind of faces death in that moment. He's given himself up to General Zod. And uh, through a series of events, with the help of, of uh, his father, sort of, he finds a way to kind of be... Uh, brought back and and come and and save the day. Here's what I love is that, you know, Superman could have come in into Metropolis and lorded his power over everyone, but he didn't. Very similar to Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus, he could have shown up on planet Earth and said, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Zap, you're all dead. Whoever's left, come follow me. But he didn't. He didn't show up and lord his power. He showed up with with one mission, one plan, to sacrifice himself for the salvation of many. I love that line that Superman uses there, that I'm not surrendering myself to Zod, I'm surrendering to mankind. You know, Jesus had to surrender as well. He surrendered to the will of God and gave himself up on behalf of all mankind. And get this, he did it even while being betrayed by one of us. It was Judas who for 30 pieces of silver handed Jesus over to his murderers. And his sacrifice made it possible for you and I to be in right standing with God. Check this out. Never again. Come on, everybody say never again. again. Come on, you got to say it like you mean it. Never again again. will sin sin. have any power over us. You were just supposed to say the never again, but good job, everybody. You did good. Give yourself a hand. Good job. That's good. No sacrifice will ever have to be made again. Your eternity is sealed when you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, aren't you thankful that a couple thousand years ago, the real man of steel stepped onto planet earth and took the fall for you, set you free? Let's be thankful for that. Let's be thankful that he had the strength to stay on the cross for the benefit of all of us. But that's not all he did. And I have to give a warning to parents here. Because there will be superhero violence in the room today. Alright. So if you're worried about that. Take the kids out. Because we're going to watch the bad guy get destroyed. A couple scriptures I want to share with you. you got to remember God. Jesus Christ. The real man of steel. He was fully God and fully man. He was willing to sacrifice for us. And then Romans 8.31 says. 
What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, come on, you know it, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? By the way, that scripture right there is a great reason for you to not question the salvation of others. It is God who justifies. When then is the, who then, I'm sorry, is the one who condemns? It's always Satan. It's always the enemy. No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. And here, this is the part I want you to see. And is also interceding for us. So right now today, here's the deal. Without Jesus Christ, between you and between God, there's a gap. There's a gap that had to be filled. You would never be able to meet the standard of righteousness that God has for you. You would never be able to avoid the penalty of sin if not for Jesus. He stands in the gap today. The Bible says he intercedes on our behalf. And that word intercede actually means to communicate, to lobby on our behalf. He's doing it for you. He is fighting for you. Look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you'll see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Come on, some of you just need to hear that today. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. And that's the other thing I love about Jesus Christ, our superhero, He was fully God. He was fully man. He identifies with who we are. He was willing to sacrifice his life for us. And even after all of that today, he still stands and fights for us. He fights for us. He fights for you. Listen, the battles that you're facing in your life, you're trying to come up with a plan. You're trying to figure out how you should handle it. You're trying to figure out how you should fight, how you should battle. And I'm telling you, the Bible says you don't need to. You can stand firm. You can stand still. If you're connected to the Savior and you're following his plan for your life, you don't have to worry about any of it because Jesus will fight for you. He fights for us. Sometimes you just need to get a little pumped up about the fact that the God of the universe is fighting on your side. We're going to sing about it next week. I can't wait. He fights for us. He intercedes for us. There's an enemy who has hatred towards you. He despises you. But the Bible says not a hair on your head isn't counted by God. He cares deeply for you. And the next time the enemy raises his schemes or plans up in your life, I hope that you'll remember this scene. Come on, aren't you glad that the battle is over? Jesus won it for you. It looked a little different than that, I think. I was just just sharing some stuff with Joel down there. He said, you just got to tell everybody that Jesus won't destroy your whole city whenever he fights for you. Don't worry. But listen, he, he has laid down everything for us. Gone to battle. The Bible actually says that he's got the keys of death and hell. He's already defeated the enemy. It's already over. It's already over. Aren't you glad you have a God that fights for you? Come on, aren't you glad you have a God that fights for you? Would you close your eyes all across the room? We're going to wrap it up this morning. And I have one question for you. 
It's fun to watch a movie. It's fun to make comparisons between Superman and Jesus. But the truth is nobody compares to Jesus. Nobody comes anywhere close. Every issue you face, every problem you're dealing with, he's the one that has an answer for it. He's the one that wants to lead you through it, to guide you through it, to walk you through it. And I just have to ask you this morning this simple question. Do you know the real man of steel, Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with the one who identifies with you and everything that you're going through? Who sacrificed it all for you and who's ready and waiting to fight for you? Do you know him? Do you know him this morning? I don't know how you got here. Somebody may have bribed you into it with popcorn and a soda. Somebody may have told you there'd be coffee and I'm sorry, we didn't mean to lie. There was just no electricity. I don't know how you got here, but I know that in this room right now, there are probably some people who the Holy Spirit is saying, that's you. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Today's the day. Make the decision. And it's very simple. You say, how how do I have that, Michael? How do I... How do I know this God who identifies with me, who sacrificed for me, and who will fight for me? Do I I have to join your church? No. Do I have to give a lot of money in the offering? No. Go on a missions trip? No. All those things that you see people do in church, they don't do those to get Jesus. They do those things because they already have Jesus. All you have to do is say yes. Jesus Christ. I believe in you and I want a relationship with you. Pray a simple prayer and today that can begin. And if there's anybody in this room who you kind of feel that tugging at your heart that today's the day, it's time for me to know Jesus Christ. I'm not going to call you forward or embarrass you, but I want to know you're here. Would you just hold your hand up and say, hey, that's me. I want to know this God who identifies with me, who gave it all for me, and who fights for me. Just right now, quickly, hold your hand up high. See it, anyone else? Quickly. See it, anyone else? See it, anyone else? You just put it up and right back down. Even if I don't see it, that's okay. Anybody else? Today's the day. Awesome. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me, and you're going to hear the people around you say it as well. It's not because we have to get saved every week, it's because it's our way of supporting you and saying, hey, welcome to the family. We're going to serve Jesus together from now on. So I'm just going to lead you in this simple prayer. You don't even have to use the exact same words as me. You can make it your own. What's important is that you mean it between you and Jesus this morning. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just repeat this prayer? Just say, Dear Jesus, I need a Savior. I want citizenship in heaven, not just here. So forgive me of my sin. I repent. I turn away from life my way. And I turn towards you. And I surrender to doing life your way. From this day on, Jesus Christ, you are the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. It's worth celebrating this morning. Come on, heaven's bigger.
All right, two weeks left. And I just, I got to tell you, every week, it's going to be the gospel during at the movies. It's a, it's, a, it's a surgical strike, all right? We're trying to be evangelistic in this season of fall. People get back into their routine. They try going to church again. Uh, this is a growth season for our church. Let's not miss the opportunity. Here's what, I'll, I'll just give you a little teaser for next week, all right? We're going to talk about how those of us who think we're ordinary, God sees as extraordinary. And uh, we're going to use, we might use a little animation. You'll have to look at Facebook this week to get the... Some of you will know what it is when I just say everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Just just a little hint to what next week's about. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Come on, are you looking forward to the rest of the series? It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, hey, our ushers are going to come and Pastor Joel is going to come up right now. And uh, share a couple things with you and pray over the offering and then get us dismissed this morning. And, uh, man, you guys have been, thanks for putting up with the, the heat. No, look, the power's back on now. The lights are on. Uh, come on, can we give Jesus a hand for helping us get through a, a crazy morning?